Ice cream. Pupils. Tardigrades. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story is food news. All right, this is from The Takeout. Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Ice Cream is back, and it's time to get on board. That's just the headline. Oh, all right. Um, all right. I'm listening. So you remember we talked about the Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Ice Cream. I do. From Van Leeuwen. I do remember that. Um, the author of this article said they were an une- unexpectedly a big fan of this ice cream collaboration, calling it creamy, complex, and pleasantly tangy. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but you're not sure about that. Um, They also pointed out there's apparently a Filipino tradition of queso ice cream, which is prepared using cheddar cheese. So there's actually kind of precedent for this in in the Filipino culture. Um, They said the original run of the ice cream sold out within one hour of going online, but it came back um, today when we're recording on Wednesday at noon EST for for a limited time on the Van Leeuwen website. Um, from the original press release, they said, and we might have said these words verbatim before when we talked about this, but um, to create the creamy treat, Van Leeuwen churned the familiar cheesiness of Kraft macaroni and cheese into their ice cream made with only a few ingredients. The result, a cool, creamy scoop of ice cream that brings that comforting, nostalgic feeling from a warm bowl of Kraft macaroni and cheese. And I think the warm I bowl... I remember that description. <laughs> is something that we talked about before. Um but the main reason I did I brought the story is because after I saw it, I went to their website and I bought two pints. You did? <laughs> I got some. You got some? <laughs> yeah. And it's being delivered? It will be delivered oh. in somewhere around like 10 business days. So okay. probably not next episode, but the episode after maybe, we might be able to try this. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was worried when I saw it and because I saw it like a few hours after noon and yeah. I was like, Oh shoot! This is uh, this is gonna be too late. But I got on there and it's no problem. This is yes. this is no PS Five shopping experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got some, and that's that's the, really the reason I brought the story because <laughs> I was like, this is a preview for a future a future food news where we're gonna try this stuff. I'm so intrigued, and yeah. I want to try it, but I just don't know about the whole like warm bowl of mac and cheese <laughs> description. <laughs> Describing yeah. ice cream. Yeah. I, well, we're going to find out for ourselves. Yes. That's the important part. This is this is journalism. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time this we've is... ever done journalism. <laughs> <laughs> this is real journalism right here. Right here. My first story is science news. This is from sciencealert.com. The headline is, man can change his pupil size on demand, something scientists thought was impossible. (laughs) Okay. Someone can do this. Um, Uh (laughs) A 23-year-old student in Germany can shrink and enlarge his pupils on demand, according to a new case report. (laughs) Wow. Um, Two tiny opposing muscles in the eye control the pupils, dilating or enlarging them in a dark environment to let more light in or constricting them in a bright environment to limit the amount of light that comes into your eyes, which is something I think we 
I'll learn in like grade school science at some point. I actually, I don't know when I learned that, but yeah, something about, yeah, that sounds yeah. familiar. So they, they, uh, it's, it's an automatic process of your eyes. Um, or at least we thought <laughs> this process was historically thought to be completely automatic. Like when you step into a dark room, you don't have to like consciously change the size <laughs> of your pupils. <laughs> like your eyes just do it. Enlarging, um, enlarging, enlarging. Okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> um, it was previously known that some people could change their pupil size at will indirectly. For example, thinking about the sun could constrict the pupils or thinking about a dark dark room could dilate them. This has been observed before. Okay. Which I also think is kind of weird, but yeah. apparently that's a thing. Uh-huh. But no one thought or knew it was possible to change the pupil size by directly controlling it like a muscle until this student of psychology at Alma University in Germany contacted Christoph Strauch, senior author of the New Case Report, who I guess was like a professor there. Okay. And told this guy like, hey, I can do this. I don't know, I don't know how that conversation came up, but... He did, and they they published a case report on it. Um, When this guy was about 15 or 16 years old, he realized that he could change size of his pupils. Um, He told the researchers that to change his pupil size, all he has to do is concentrate on his eye. He doesn't have to imagine a bright or dark environment. Uh, The researchers also did a bunch of tests to confirm that he was doing it directly and not by some indirect method, like imagining the sun. Um, And he says he can, like, feel the, the muscles in his pupils directly like he can like Gross. feel them like uh, contracting and I stuff yeah i don't like the idea of eye muscles <laughs> you don't no i mean they're they're there i yeah i don't know but you it's just don't want to feel them it's kind of like my teeth i don't want to do you ever like think too much about your teeth i don't know like, <laughs> no i don't think i do <laughs> you've never become like super aware of the fact that you have teeth no no you have <laughs> maybe Depends on how weird it is. I'm trying to think if there's any appendage of my body that I've ever had that feeling about. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't want to think about it too much. Anyway. Okay. Well, we, we, I'm, it's, I'm it's basically fine. done. No, no. So my last. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry I keep bringing stuff that's like grosses you out. Like, it's okay. <laughs> I'm easily grossed out. That's, pro- that's probably I, the main problem. I like these weird biology science things. <laughs> um. So apparently since the study was published, multiple people have reached out to the authors claiming they can also do this. So we'll see. Copycat this might syndrome. become like, yeah, they're just, they're just copycats. They're lying. No, uh, I don't know. This might actually be like a rare ability and we might find out that that's actually a thing. This is All something right. people can do and that just might be a, become a known thing. That's exciting for we'll them. We'll see. And as for me, I still have to get my eyes artificially dilated at the eye doctor. Which is the worst. Yeah, I've actually never had to do that. Yeah, I don't recommend it. It's not fun. Okay. My next story is animal news. This is from Gizmodo. Microscopic tardigrades walk like animals 500,000 times their size. Which, I mean, they're very small, so... So, like, they normal like, animals. They walk like a bug. Basically. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I was thinking just like a, like a fox or something. Nope. It's not even, it's like nope. a bug. Yeah, like a bug. Okay. Um, so, tardigrades are famous for their extreme durability, but new research shows how good they are at walking, despite their small size and squishy bodies. Um, and we'll get to why that's surprising. Uh, but these microscopic extremophiles, 
uh, can famously withstand an absurd amount of stress, like freezing temperatures, intense radiation, dehydration, and even being shot from a cannon, which we talked about. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I remember we talked episode. about that. Um, which technically they sometimes survive getting shot from a cannon. <laughs> um, but tardigrades, also known as water bears or moss piglets, I love how many names they have, uh, can be found all over Earth, and accordingly, they have evolved a uniquely versatile set of locomotor tools, according to research published today, that's Wednesday, in uh, Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Nice. Okay, so because tardigrades are among the smallest animals on Earth, they're also among the smallest animals known to have legs. Um, typically, animals at this scale move by thrashing, wiggling, or slithering, but tardigrades can actually walk on surfaces, just like another thing that makes them super weird. Um, so viscous and inertial forces at their scale make it much tougher for them to navigate through substrates. Um, so like water and stuff, like they experience extreme resistance because they're so tiny. Um, and they lack an internal or external skeleton, meaning physics are really working against them. Um, so the team... Wait, wait. What? They have no skeleton. They have they're no just... skeleton. Do we know what their body is made of? Is it like just cartilage? It's just gush. It's just gush. It's just mush. Mush, yeah. How do they like hold themselves up? It's a great question. <laughs> okay, I know we, we don't really are, answer that. <laughs> but they're trying to they're trying to answer it, at least okay. partially here. Um so in an attempt to answer that question, they captured videos of the tardigrade species Hypsibius Dujardini, which is a great name. Huh. Uh, measuring their steps, tracking their gait, and carefully watching the placement of their feet as they move from one location to another. Um, as the videos show, and I'll, I will show you an example of this, uh, tardigrades use their claws like grappling hooks, reaching out and grabbing whatever substrate they're moving through and pull and pulling their bodies forward. So they're not like taking steps in like the traditional sense. They're like kind of pulling themselves along, but they have eight legs. So, like, eat, they're all, like, working in tandem to essentially wow. walk um, by pulling themselves. Um, they said during uh, leisurely strolls, tardigrades moved approximately a half a body length per second. Uh, but during sprints, this increased to approximately two body lengths per second. So, they're not super fast. But um, they're still, they can still move along. Um, mm -hmm. So, interestingly, their style of walking or their gait did not change depending on the speed, and the gait was reminiscent of insects 500,000 times their size. So that's where the headline came in. Okay. Um, basically, they're kind of walking like a bug, even though they're much, much, much smaller and don't have an exoskeleton. Right. Um, it's not clear if tardigrades and insects acquired these abilities from a shared common ancestor or if they evolved this walking ability independently. Um, it's obviously, we kind of just found out about this, so we don't know that right. yet, but... I want to show you an example of a tardigrade walking. Okay. Wow, it looks like it doesn't even look like a bug. The gate to me, it looks like a. Almost looks like a, a mole or something. Yeah, like, a, like, like a small mammal. Something, yes. Or like a mouse or something. Yeah, a rat or something like that. Like a small, like a a small rodent. <laughs> That's what the walk reminds me of. Yeah, I thought so too. Interesting. But, yeah. They're just walking along, even though they really, wow. at their size, probably don't need to. <laughs> I, I, I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't think we have any ideas. Like, why would that 
be advantageous to them as opposed to just slithering or swimming. I, I don't know. I, like, yeah. I, but I, maybe I they're know. moving faster than similar creatures and it would just evolutionarily advantageous for them. Just hard to say. Yeah, it could be. But more facts about tardigrades, which I will always welcome. Me too. Tardigrades are weird and cool. My next story is also animal news. This is from Gizmodo. And the headline is, Dogs can tell when you're keeping snacks from them on purpose, study suggests. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Um, So this is the latest in our series of stories about animals are smarter than we give them credit for. Happy really to just bring to, you a new yeah, update. We just in need this to stop making the assumption series? that they're stupid. I know, right? Like, can we just assume <laughs> that they know things? They I don't also know. made it this long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of them for longer. <laughs> and they don't have houses like us. No. They're just out there. They have and dog they houses. That's it. <laughs> they're much <laughs> the smaller. <animals. laughs> okay, so. The average dog may know when you're choosing not to give them treats or food, suggested new research from Germany, published Tuesday in Scientific Reports. The findings could mean that dogs possess an aspect of cognition often considered unique to humans. Uh-huh. Of course. Where have we heard that before? The, right. Which is the ability to acknowledge the inner workings of others, or like the thoughts of uh, like other beings. Mm-hmm. In psychology, there's a concept known as theory of mind defined as our capacity for recognizing that others around us have their own thoughts, perceptions, and mental states, and that these can differ from ours. Humans are generally thought to be the only animals that have fully developed theory of mind, of course, but some research has suggested that birds and non-human primates could have it as well. Of course, right, we yeah, know this. Of course, like, why do we think we're so unique? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Um, it's just frustrating so, at this point. I just feel like I know because these stories keep coming out. That's like, like, oh wow, we oh, found wow. out that they're this also animal- smarter. Oh wow, oh. they're also smarter. Do you think other animals have these same assumptions too, or are we just the? Yeah. Is that a uniquely human trait? Is that we? <laughs> is that we think we're smarter than other yeah. other beings on this planet? Maybe other animals also think they're smarter than the other. Be- I don't know. Who knows? It's impossible to say. We shouldn't assume we're the only we ones. We shouldn't assume. We shouldn't make assumptions. But I'm glad people are at least like. Proving this stuff, right. I guess. Because you shouldn't make, really, you shouldn't make assumptions either way, I guess. You should prove it, but still. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, so what I was saying, so theory of mind is that that concept. So we've seen research that birds and primates also have that, specifically the ability to recognize intentionality behind another's actions. Mm-hmm. So these researchers just wondered if dogs might also have that. So they set up a test to test that. Mm-hmm. Um, this test is known as the unwilling versus unable test. And it involved people giving dogs food through a glass barrier that I guess had like a slit in it or something, or a way that they could pass food through it. But some of the group, like one group of people pretended to like start giving them food and then they acted like they changed their mind and just didn't give the food like intentionally. And the dog saw that. And then there was another group that enacted this scenario where they were, like, trying to give the dog food, but they couldn't because the barrier was, like, blocking them. So they were acting like, oh, I'm trying to give it this to you, but I can't because this, like, thing is in the way. Mm -hmm. And 
they noticed that the dogs reacted differently in those two situations. Like they could like it. And then they inferred from that, that the dogs could tell when the person like intentionally wasn't giving it to them versus like, Oh, you tried, but like there's this barrier. Okay. So the canter won't test. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can't or you won't. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, they also, they didn't know that there might be like other reasons for the changes in behavior that, you know, there could be other causes, but, for now, they're inferring that they can uh, detect intentionality behind our actions. So the next time you're purposefully withholding something from your dog, <laughs> know that they know. They know. I don't know if they'll remember it, but they know yeah, in that we, moment. That we don't know. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't know if they'll hold a grudge. Right. Yeah, we don't know if they hold grudges, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I- I'm not that surprised by this finding. No, of course <laughs> not. Because dogs are yeah. dogs are pretty smart. Yeah, I mean, they some, are pretty some smart. Dogs, some dogs. Some dogs also, yeah, maybe it's like some some. Some dogs are also very stupid. Some individual dogs are incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. Some breeds generally are more. But you know, it just depends. Like on any the dog. species, they've like got any, their smart yes, ones and they've like got their any dumb spe- ones. <laughs> like any species. I can think of some several of them are examples. smarter than others, <laughs> <laughs> and that is expected. So, my next story is space news. This is from LiveScience.com. Amazing Hubble telescope photo shows space sword piercing huge celestial heart. What? It just a it's a that sounds cool formation that looks yeah, like a sword, under I'm, a heart, yeah. not an actual. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> it sends back this like cartoon image of like a heart, and it's just like what? The? What is this? It looks like a sailor's tattoo. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, they get very descriptive. A flaming blue sword seems to pierce a giant cosmic heart in a gorgeous new photo captured wow. by the Hubble Space Telescope. Um, oh, I should, it sounds pretty. I'll show you the, top, the photo before. Okay. I'll show you the photo before I keep going. The heart is, like, a little bit elusive to me. Yeah, it's... Maybe... I Like, I see the red blob. I just don't... Okay, I kind of see why it's a heart. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, now that you just... Yeah, okay. There's, fine. You have to kind of squint to see the heart, but the blue sword is very Yes, the, the blue sword is very clear. That That's very, that's such a, That's actually a really cool photo. The, whatever that blue thing is, is very cool. Yeah. So, what is that blue thing? Yeah. You may be wondering. I am wondering. From your immediately previous comment. Uh, the sword is composed of twin jets of superheated ionized gas that are rocketing into space from opposite poles of a newborn star. Whoa. So basically a star form that just shot this stuff in like two directions. That's cool. And created the sword. Um, while the heart is the cloud of leftover dust and gas surrounding the protostar, according to Hubble team members. Um, so it's this whole thing is just the product of a star being born. Cool. Uh, the dramatic interaction between the jets and cloud creates an uncommon celestial sight known as a Harbig Harrow object. So there's actually a name for this thing. Uh, the one in the photograph is named HH111. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they didn't uh, name it like Sword in the Heart sword or something? The, yeah. <laughs> sword through the heart. Um, and it lies about 1,300 light years away from Earth in the constellation Orion. 
so Hubble captured the image using its wide wide field camera three instrument, which observes in both optical and infrared wavelengths of light, which is apparently a good portion of this is like infrared or something. I wasn't, it wasn't super clear or super well explained in the article. Um, but yeah, and the rest of the article is just kind of about, we've, we've talked recently about how the Hubble telescope had to be repaired uh, relatively recently yeah, because there was an issue with it, but it is, it's working now. And, but apparently they're sending like an even more powerful space telescope into space pretty soon. Oh yeah, I remember. Soon. I don't remember what it's hearing called, about that. But we've definitely talked about it before. But yeah, so Hubble, I don't know when Hubble may be, be on its way out, but it's still sending us some pretty cool photos. Yeah, it sends really awesome photos. I still like. I, sometimes I just can't even get over the fact that we can take pictures like that. It's so awesome. I know, and just imagine with a more powerful one from like decades of additional engineering. Like, yeah, because how old is Hubble now? Right, it's like pretty it's, old. Like it's, it's like for thirty years ish. Say it's from like the sixties or seventies, isn't it? I don't know. That sounds right to me. I honestly don't know. I know it's like... I'm looking it up. Oh, no. It's from 1990. Oh, so I actually was right. It is you 30 right. years old. 30 years. <laughs> that was a complete I don't know guess, why I thought but... it was older, but yeah. But still, like... Thir- I mean, I would have believed... I 30 mean, that's, years of yeah. technological advances. Like, I'm, I'm really excited to see what this new telescope yeah. is able to do. Same. All right. My next story is entertainment news. This is from Reuters. The headline is Television Seinfeld comes to Netflix in October. Gasp. Get excited. Just both gasp and said gasp. So that's that's how um surprised I am. Television comedy Seinfeld will stream globally on Netflix starting October 1st, Netflix announced this week. All 180 episodes of Seinfeld will be available. I actually thought there were even more than that, but it's 180, apparently. It's still quite a few. It's a lot. Um, The 10-time Emmy Award-winning comedy about a group of friends living in New York City was created by comedians Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David and ended on NBC television in 1998 after nine seasons. Hmm. Seinfeld was one of the most popular TV comedies of the 90s, if not the most popular. I don't actually know what the most popular one was, but... Was Friends in the 90s or was that in the early 2000s? Uh, shoot. I think actually that was that might have been in the 90s. Maybe like the late 90s. We're really struggling with our what happened in the 90s <laughs> yeah. on this episode. But yeah, apparently. The important thing is that Seinfeld is slightly older than the Hubble Space Telescope. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so that that's pretty much the whole story. I'm excited because I love Seinfeld. I always have. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who is, I, know. I think, one of the funniest people alive. I love her character. Yeah. You know what's, like, weird is, like, one of the reasons I always loved her character is because she has curly hair, like me. <laughs> just relatable. <laughs> yeah, because I just always felt like, oh, yeah, she's just this down-to-earth person. Just like, like, I just felt like she was, like, you really one of yourself. my cousins or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I <laughs> You really saw yourself on television. I just really like her character. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just always, I've loved that show. So I'm probably going to like, I'll probably binge it when it's on Netflix. Yeah. It seems like it would be a very bingeable show. Oh yeah. So maybe I'll have to, maybe I'll have to do that too. I've never watched all of it. I've, I've watched. Oh yeah. I've definitely not watched all of it. Of of episodes. Um, but yeah. I've just like, see, yeah, I've seen episodes here and there. Like every, every episode I've seen, I've enjoyed basically, but like, I have never like been, had access to like the whole discography of it to be able to be like, yes, I'm going to just like. 
yeah. watch them in order all the way through. Like, I've never done, now been I'm able getting, to do that. Now I'm getting excited. <laughs> yes, I got you excited. <laughs> all right, it's time for Breaking News, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Moss Piglet. <laughs> Ready, set, Go! go! This is from Engadget. Alexa will now speak louder if it detects a lot of background noise. It's a new feature from oh. Alexa. <laughs> I know I know you guys use one. So. We do. Um, Amazon has rolled out a new feature for Alexa that can make sure you hear what the voice assistant says even when the TV's on or while people are talking. The new feature is called Adaptive Volume, and it will make Alexa speak louder if it detects a lot of ambient noise. Uh, apparently, this is only for people in the U.S. for right now. They didn't say it will adapt to, like, if there's no ambient noise, it won't necessarily be quieter. <laughs> so, that seems like something you could do. Though, apparently, Alexa has a whisper mode. Did you know about this? No. Like, if you whisper to it, it's supposed to, like, whisper back. Really? I kind of want to try that. <laughs> or, like, if you say something, like, in a softer voice, it's like, Alexa, don't do that. And just like, okay, I won't. <laughs> I don't know. I this have Alexa to try that ASMR, later. ASMR, yeah. Um, so if you're in the u.s and you want to try this you can activate it by saying alexa turn on adaptive volume um which if you're listening on an alexa i might have just done it for you so (laughs) uh, but uh yeah it's it's apparently a new feature it seems like it makes sense i know we've like i mean honestly i think most of the time when your alexa goes off it's unintentional (laughs) yeah right um still like you don't always hear it over like people so yeah, I've I can see that being a useful feature. Okay, this is fr- this is some uh, local news from Australia, from ninenews.com.au. Okay, Queensland's Queensland's sorry, <laughs> I think I said it right the first time. Ban on single-use plastics starts today. Oh, yes. So single-use plastics. And polystyrene um, takeout containers are now all banned in Queensland, Australia. The new law has ended the use of plastic straws, stirrers, cutlery, and plates. It goes into effect today. And Queensland is the third Australian uh, state or territory to implement a ban like this. So uh, this says that there's exemptions allowing the sale or supply of plastic straws at healthcare businesses or schools. So if somebody has like a medical condition or disability and they need that for whatever reason, they can still okay. have access to it. But that makes sense. like normal, like grocery stores and stuff won't sell anything that's a single use plastic anymore. Hmm. Well, that's yeah. cool. I feel like there's so many good alternatives to those now. I mean, not paper straws. Those are the worst, but like <laughs> there's like compostable, like silverware and yes. stuff that a lot of places are starting to use. So yeah, there, there's like definitely alternatives. Get on that. I agree. Um, like, there's alternatives, and we should just move to the alternatives, because that's just going to be better in the long run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And especially any any place that has, like, a lot of wildlife. Although everywhere really does, so that... I don't know what I mean by that, I guess, but, Not like... Not for long if we keep using these plastics. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, because all the plastics are just ending up on islands in the middle of the ocean, so... Getting eaten by sea turtles. Yeah. Which is fine. Except it's not. It's really bad, It's not actually, fine. So. It's very sad. Yeah. 
But hopefully we can get rid of single-use plastics and it'll way cut down on the yearly waste of plastic yeah, the, that goes into the environment. The accumulation of the Pacific Garbage Patch. And the microplastics that have been found now and everywhere on Earth, including like in the Mariana Trench and like yeah. deep sea and everywhere. And also probably like in our bodies. Yeah. Eating and it's drinking. just contaminated like everywhere, everything. Yeah. So if we could cut down on that, that'd be great. That'd be pretty, that'd be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash News, on Twitter at at News, and on Instagram at News. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye.